You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. And just to circle back to that for a moment, and Bobby, if you didn't see it last week on ESPN.com, they had four or five of the NBA experts who cover the league uh, the day the schedule was released, answer a series of questions. One of pertaining to the schedule, one of the questions was which regular season matchup do you think will be a preview of the NBA Finals? And Bobby Mark said Phoenix at New York on November 26th, which, again, considering the Knicks have not been to the NBA Finals since 1999, certainly uh, made me raise an eyebrow or two. And got me a little excited, I got to be honest. Just the thought that the Knicks have... It's been a long time since the Knicks have put themselves in position when someone would make a statement like that and not have a smirk on their face. And as he mentioned to me, he goes, I don't think it's outlandish what I said. And the biggest reason that he mentioned is him thinking that is the Knicks' consistency. And it got me thinking about recent NBA championship teams and... You know, the team that won it last year, the Denver Nuggets, more than any other team, you know, in this era of super teams and Kevin Durant requesting a trade every two and a half weeks and Kyrie Irving, you know, will he play tonight? Won't he play tonight? And James Harden, we've already discussed him. And really the best players in the league just having so much power and being able to dictate so much about where they land. You look at a team like the Denver Nuggets, Nikola Jokic, second-round draft pick eight years ago. Jamal Murray, draft pick seven years ago out of the University of Kentucky. Wasn't an an instant star in this league after being picked seventh overall. Michael Porter Jr., a lottery pick. You had, look, the best, and we're not talking about 13 guys staying together like the Knicks did from last year to this year, but in um, in the case of the Denver Nuggets last year, the core of that team, the top of the team, the most important players on that team were together for a long period of time. They were together for five years with the same head coach. And there is something to be said for that. The team that won the NBA championship the year before, the Golden State Warriors. Maybe maybe the greatest core of players since, since the Boston Celtics dynasty of the 1960s. Probably. Just thinking off the top of my head, but when you consider what Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green, with again the same head coach Steve Kerr, have been able to accomplish since the four of them first teamed up in the 2014 2015 season, four championships, and another couple of trips to the finals on top of that. Uh, the year before that, the Milwaukee Bucks with Giannis, with Chris Middleton, with Drew Holiday. I mean, you got to go back to the bubble season of 2020, the COVID shortened season, the last NBA championship team that was kind of thrown together. And that was the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, what do the Lakers had? The Lakers had one of the greatest players in the history of the NBA who had the benefit of resting his body for three months when the entire league and the entire world shut down because of the COVID-19 pandemic. And then when they resumed play in late July in Orlando, LeBron had about a two-month sprint to the finish line where he sniffed his fourth NBA championship and ultimately was able to take advantage of that. But the consistency for the Knicks is if you want to point to a team in the NBA that has benefited from consistency, it's the Nuggets. 
The one difference between the Denver Nuggets and the Knicks, the biggest difference is what? The Nuggets have the best player in the world, and the Knicks don't have anybody on that level. They don't have anybody on the MVP level. The Knicks' best player, the Knicks' most important player is Jalen Brunson. But I know Joel Embiid is the MVP. Nikola Jokic is the best player in the world, and he proved that during the NBA playoffs and during the NBA Finals last season. But a player like Embiid, does he? he's on that level. He's not as good as Jokic, but he's the next best thing. He's right behind Jokic at that position. If you're not going to have Jokic, and you're not, if you're the Knicks or anyone outside of Denver, if you're not going to have that guy, the next best thing at that position right now is the guy in Philadelphia. So if you have an opportunity to get him, then you have to seriously consider it. The problem with that is, for me, it's like within the next 12 months or pass because Embiid is not getting any younger he's not getting any healthier you know maybe you could squeeze a season or two out of him but for the amount that you would have to give up for Joel Embiid you pretty much have to do it over the course of the next 12 months that's why this thing is so hard because if you look at any superstar that could be potentially available or wants to be traded or is available any superstar in the NBA who fits those descriptions, they have warts. You know, Embiid can't stay healthy, and for all of his great regular season performances, he's a guy who has never led his team to even the conference finals, never mind the NBA finals. Damian Lillard, from the Knicks' perspective, great player, averaged 32 a game last season, maybe his best offensive season. He's too small. You can't pair Lillard in a backcourt with Jalen Brunson, and Brunson's not going anywhere. Carl Anthony Towns, I don't even think he's a superstar. He's probably attainable, but he's obtainable for a reason. He's not a winner. He's not a winning basketball player. He'll give you 24 points a night. He'll give you 10 rebounds a night. He'll shoot 41% from downtown. But what's he giving you on the defensive side of the ball? What's he giving you in terms of rim production? Why has his teams never won? James Harden, please. I mean, <laughs> I don't even need to give you the reasons why James Harden isn't the right fit for the Knicks. Bradley Beal, I, I, you know, similar to Cat, Carl Anthony Towns, had some really good seasons, 30-point-per-game seasons, but similar to Chris Dabbs Porzingis, good stats, bad team guy largely. Last couple of years, he hasn't been much of a factor because he's been injured. We'll see if him being on a team with Devin Booker and Kevin Durant changes things for Bradley Beal, but he's not the kind of player with his size and where he is in his career. He's not the kind of player that was going to come in and raise the Knicks to a different level. You know, I thought for a time last year it would have been Donovan Mitchell, especially the first month of the season when Cleveland got out of the gate so quickly and Mitchell for the first month, month and a half was an MVP candidate. But then what happened by the end of the season? The Knicks, with the guys they held on to instead of trading along with draft picks for Donovan Mitchell, beat Donovan Mitchell and beat him handily. Now, that doesn't mean that you know we can put that trade to bed or that non-trade to bed from the Knicks' perspective. But for one year anyway, it looks like they made the right call. 1-800-919-3776. All right, let's go to Buddha in the Bronx. Buddha, what's going on this evening? Hey, Pat, what's going on, bro? How you been, man? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm hanging in there. Can't complain. You know, Pat, I'm going to give you that Joel Embiid trade perspective from the opposite view, you know, as a Sixers fan. I've been a Sixers fan since, like, the bicentennial year, 1976. (laughs) 
And in terms of making a trade midseason at the trade deadline next year, my focus would not be on James Harden because I wouldn't even allow him to play for the team at this point. If we could get a trade before the season, I would do that. If not, I'd pay him to stay home. That's why I'm with him at this point. Um, I have to let Nick Nurse coach at least half a season and then come to me as ownership and say, look, either Joel truly wants to be here and he's ready for us to put the certain pieces around him, you know, to win, or he wants to be traded. And I wouldn't worry about trading him in the conference, you know, um, whether it be the Knicks or whoever it is. I got to go for what the best deal is. So let's say the Knicks could offer me quickly Grimes and three first-round picks. I'm all in on that. You know, not only has Joel been injured, Pat, during our playoff runs, but in the most important season where he was the MVP, he got injured again and wasn't playing big, at, you know, during this playoff series. You know, and that's, you know, we could blame everything on James Harden all we want, rightfully so. I can't stand him. But that health factor is a big deal. So, like you said, the longer we wait to trade him, the less we're going to get him. And the worst thing you can do in an organization is not admit your mistakes. Um, Doc Rivers was fired, and he should have been fired, and I'm not saying he shouldn't have been. But as him being fired, Daryl Morey should have been fired with him as well. Uh, So, you know, when you have indecision in your management and you enter a season where you have a player with declining skills being allowed to be disruptive to the organization's future goals, I got a problem with that. And, you know, I'm watching, you know, this game right now on, um, you know, the, the NFL game, you know, the preseason game, Washington versus the Ravens. And you know who I see there that they're showing? Odell. They're showing Harris, the oh, owner oh, yeah, of Josh the team. Harris, yeah. yeah, and see, look, this is the – listen, whenever you have situations going on with your team, Pat, you know this for a fact. It can always be trickled down to the players and the lower management – but guess what? I have an owner who is giddy about being an NFL team owner. The 76ers are the last thing that is on his mind. So he's not even he, – I haven't heard a word from him about what this stuff that's going on here with Harden and everything like that. And it, it really, you know, it absolutely disgusts me because, you know, I care about all my teams, not just the football team, not just the baseball team, but I also care about the basketball team. And I'll just say this last thing. You had mentioned, um, you know, MVP candidates, and, you know, obviously Jokic is the best player in the league. And Joel Embiid could be the third, second, fourth, or fifth best player, whichever way you look at it. The way I look at basketball now, Jokic is a unique breed of center who can control the game from his position, who can initiate the offense. Joel Embiid is not that. So I look at the league in terms of, what are your best options in terms of being a, a great team? It's having either the great two or the great three as your best player. And that's why I'm willing to give up Joel Embiid because I don't think that we're going to win a title with him being the center. And you said Jalen Brunson, you know, he's a good player. I've been watching his U.S. basketball stuff. He's ascending. And I have a feeling that he's going to be in the mix for the MVP candidate this year for the Knicks, you know, in the NBA. So if I'm the Sixers, I got to get a wing, number three, you know, a three player, or I got to get a number two. 
I would love to trade Joel Embiid for Devin Booker, if that would be possible. Buddha, thanks for the call, as always. A um, lot there. Embiid for Booker. Interesting. I don't think Phoenix does that. Straight up, I don't think Phoenix does that. I, I think you're going to start to see... Why has Joel Embiid never been to the conference finals? Does he Does he just have the worst luck in the world, or does he have to hold some responsibility in that? And yeah, obviously he has to hold some responsibility in that. Now it's amazing. This whole thing about Joel Embiid could have changed in 2019 when the Sixers played the Toronto Raptors in the second round. It went to game seven. It was a great game, and Kawhi threw up a fadeaway jumper from the right baseline, and it bounced on the rim four times, and it fell through, and the Raptors beat the 76ers and advanced to the Eastern Conference Finals. You wonder what Embiid's legacy or career would have looked like if Philadelphia was able to win that game and win that series. Well, the next year they were the number one seed in uh, 2020, no, excuse me, 2021. The, the next year Ben Simmons got hurt, surprisingly. 2021 Embiid and Simmons were healthy together, but they took their foot off the gas against Atlanta. They allowed the Hawks to hang around for a game seven. And they lost in Game 7, a series in a game that's most remembered for Ben Simmons being afraid to shoot and afraid to get fouled, passing up essentially an open dunk attempt to Matisse Thibel because he didn't want to be put on the foul line. But where was Embiid in that series? The next year, Embiid, I think, fractured his face again. He took an elbow in the first-round series that they won against the Toronto Raptors. This year, he injured his knee early in the Nets series, and they were still able to beat the Nets with a hobbled Embiid, but they weren't able to get out of the second round with a hobbled Embiid against the Boston Celtics. And he was theoretically getting healthier as that series went along, and they had game six in Philadelphia, up three games to two, a chance to close him out. Where's Embiid then? See, that's what I mean. He's always There's always something with him. That being said, he gives you, if you're a team like the Knicks, he gives you something that you don't have. During the course of an 82-game regular season, he is a dominant offensive force. And furthermore, he's almost automatic at the free throw line. He's unguardable. You have to foul him. And when you do, he's money at the free throw line. So he's a very, very unique player. There's good and there's bad. This is what I mean. Stars who could potentially be available all have warts. I don't see the 76ers, especially, and Buddha, you know, look, he's a Sixers fan. He knows what he's talking about. Uh, Josh Harris, the owner, now owner of the Washington Commanders, who, by the way, I believe, yes, they did just end the Baltimore Ravens' 24-game preseason winning streak on a last-second field goal. So the Commanders are going to win 29-28. But the owner of the, the Sixers is preoccupied. But that only further illustrates that Daryl Morey's in charge. Daryl Morey is not a guy who's going to admit defeat. Daryl Morey will fight. He'll fight tooth and nail. He'll fight. He fought Ben Simmons. He's going to fight James Harden. He's not going to... Get rid of James Harden for the sake of getting rid of him. He's not going to acquiesce because he demands a trade or he wants to go to a certain place. Because 
if he does, then Maury's going to look at that as a loss, and he does not want that on his record. So we'll see how it plays out. But then the other part of it, like I said earlier, if you wait too long. And what was the trade? Joe, what was the trade that Buda gave us? Three first. And look, this is a Sixers fan. This isn't a Sixer. I think he said Grimes quickly and three first-round picks for Embiid. If you're the Knicks, do you do that? No. Really? No. Grimes quickly. Right now, Grimes quickly, three first-round picks. You don't do that. For the sole fact that I don't want Embiid. He's 30 years old, like you said, never been in the conference finals. He always plays himself into shape. He always comes up short in the playoffs. I don't want a guy like that on a team that has been snake-bitten time and time again in the 21st century. What, the I'm Knicks, good. you mean? Yeah, the Knicks. I'm, I'm good. So how are the Knicks getting to the next level? I, you got to at That's least not that year. big of a swing. That's the, it's when, not I, a bit. when I heard that, and again, this is a fan of the other team calling up. When I heard that, I'm like, where do I sign if I'm the Knicks? Grimes, quickly, three first-round draft picks. So then you have a starting five of Brunson, whomever. you got to figure out the two spot. Robinson's got to be in that trade, too, no, just to make the money work? Uh, well, yeah, you still have Fournier. Fournier is there for the sole purpose of making uh, the money. Yeah, in he's, trade he's on he his way his out, too. $18 million. Dollars. That's fair. But if you go, let's just put DiVincenzo there at the two for now. You go Jalen Brunson, DiVincenzo, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, Joel Embiid. It's a pretty good start in five. Does that beat Boston? I mean, is Porzingis playing? Does it matter? Does it matter if Porzingis plays? I don't know. Does that? <laughs> do, do you beat Milwaukee? Again, uh, who's playing? I think he could beat Milwaukee. You could say the same thing about Embiid. Is Embiid fully healthy at, at season's that, end? That, of course. That Knicks team, though, if healthy, and that's a huge if. That Knicks team, if healthy, could beat anybody. It's top I'm, three for sure. I'm not saying they would beat everybody. They could beat everybody. But it has to be that, and it has to be now. But again, this is kind of, we're just coming off the dead season for the NBA. It is a 12-month-a-year thing. Really, the only period of time where the league kind of shuts down a little bit is during the last few months of August after the free agency stuff is finished and before training camps are set to begin. So we'll see right after Labor Day. Those those three weeks are going to be interesting from the Harden perspective, from the Damian Lillard perspective, and the Knicks, as much as anybody, are going to be very, very interested observers of those situations. 1-800-919-3776. The Ravens have lost a preseason game for the first time since 1995. The Jets and Giants are playing an interesting preseason game this weekend at MetLife Stadium. We'll get into some of that as we continue here. ESPN New York tonight. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. The final preseason game for the Jets and Giants coming up. Hopefully Aaron Rodgers' debut in a Jets uniform at MetLife Stadium for a Giants home game. We've seen a lot of Zach Wilson during this preseason so far. We've seen a lot of Aaron Rodgers during hard knocks, uh, on the sidelines during games, helping to mentor Zach and the other young Jets quarterbacks. But now it's time to finally see him on the field, which is exciting. So we'll get to that in a couple minutes. I uh, got a couple callers want to weigh in on the Knicks conversation and how Joel Embiid may fit in. Let's go to Lil Buddha in the Bronx. Lil Buddha, what's going on tonight? 
Hey, Pat, how you doing, man? Long time no here. Uh, last time I spoke to you was about a year ago by a different name. So I converted myself to Little Buddha from the Bronx because my man, Buddha from the Bronx, is my, my role model. Not a bad guy <laughs> to emulate. Not a bad guy at all. No, no doubt, no doubt. Tell him I said what's up for me the next time he calls in, all right? Of course. Um, I wanted to ask a question first, and I want to make a comment. Uh, my question is, I work at night, so I listen to Knicks games, you know, on the radio, ESPN Radio. What happened to Brandon Brown? I loved when he was doing the Knicks games with Cohen. Did he get promoted or he moved? Nobody said nothing with him. Uh, so you know, uh, we had John Wallace, um, Monica McNutt, Wally Zerbiak, Alan Hahn. Uh, they took over some of those duties in the middle of last season. But is Brandon Brown going to be on this season or no? I'm not sure about that, little Buddha. Okay. All right. All right. I, I, don't get me wrong. I love everybody else, Alan Hahn and Wallace. That's my boy right there, but, you know, I just had to ask that question. Brent, Brendan Brown, I'll, right. I'll say this, smartest basketball man I've ever had a conversation with. That's why I loved him when he was doing Knicks games paired up with Cohen. It was it was sensational. It made me more comfortable listening to Knicks games. Just keeping it real, you know what I'm saying? No doubt. Um, no doubt. So I want to make my next comment. Uh, first of all, um, I strongly disagree with the producer, not having Quickly and Grimes. Uh, three picks. Ah, he's a Nets fan. He's a Nets fan. Oh, so he's a racist. He doesn't <laughs> like the Knicks. Okay, racism right there. <laughs> Let me stop. I'm just kidding. Um, so my, my comment with the Knicks is that, um, in a way, Pat, I respectfully disagree with you about Joel B not being better than uh, the Joker. Um, and this is my reason why. If the Knicks get Joel B the Knicks will be the Denver Nuggets of the East. Think about that matchup. Murray versus Bronson, Joker versus Embiid. Holy cow. That would be a great matchup right there. But you said a few segments ago that Joker is a little better than Embiid. And the reason why I sort of respectfully disagree is that the issue with Embiid, I believe, to me, he could be better. How? By having Bronson as his point guard. I believe that Bronson could make Embiid a better player than Harden versus uh, Harden Embiid. See what I'm saying? Like when, when Michael Jordan and the Bulls, you know, before they had Dennis Rodman, right? They still won the championship, okay. But when Dennis Rodman came on board, don't you notice how comfortable, how comfortable Michael Jordan was making the shots and scoring. He was very comfortable and happy. So, you know, I'm just saying, in my opinion, I do believe that, you know, to summarize, I think Embiid and Bronson will have great chemistry. And I'm with it, man. I want the Knicks to get him. I don't want Giannis or nobody else. Knicks need a good point guard in the center or great either or, which they have in Bronson. But with Joel Embiid on that team, it just personified you know, basketball one-on-one. Yeah, you're love a good to... point guard in the center, and you're automatically a good contender. We've I'd seen it with see Murray it. and Joker. We've seen it with Starks and Ewing. Well, Buddha, thanks for the call, man. Love to see it. Embiid with Brunson. I mean, yeah, obviously Brunson a significantly different player than, than James Harden is at this point in his career. Joker, for me, over Embiid, and it's not even close. If you watched the playoffs last year, and you watched him day in and day out, he, on the highest level, against the best competition, at that position, he controlled 
every single game unlike anyone I've ever seen at that position. Now, I'm not saying he's the best center ever, okay? And I'm not saying that I've seen every center. But just the way that he was orchestrating everything on the court. I mean, there are guys that are more dominant at that position. Joel Embiid is more dominant as a center than Nikola Jokic, and he's probably a better pure scorer. But it stops there with Embiid. When you saw how Jokic just controlled every single aspect of those games from that position deep in the playoffs against the best teams in the NBA. That's why, for me, he, entering this season, he's the best player in the world until proven otherwise. More reaction on this as we continue on ESPN New York tonight. Last time I spoke to you was about a year ago by a different name. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Six and a half games out of the final wild card spot in the National League while the Yankees sit a mere nine and a half back of the final spot in the AL. Yanks will host the Washington Nationals in a three-game series in the Bronx starting tomorrow while the Mets continue their series in Atlanta where they beat the Braves for the second straight time. Let's go back to the phones and go to Ray in Brooklyn. What's going on, Ray? Hey, Pat, good evening. Listen, I, I've spoken to you in the past, and I promise it was under the same name, Ray, okay? so let's get I appreciate that, that Ray. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. And hey, you know what? Um, the original Buddha, Buddha, shout out to him, because I don't know him personally, but usually he follows me and says I may, that I'm the greatest call he's heard in a while. So maybe he'll say the same thing again. Now, listen, check this out. I agree with you in certain respects and others I don't. So I agree with you. Um, in the fact that, well, I disagree with, let's start with Joel Embiid because he just drives me crazy. There's nobody I sports hate more than Joel Embiid. Like, well, him and Damian Lillard, who got the best PR teams on the planet, because we hear about how great they are, yet those guys sometimes don't make the playoffs. In Embiid's case, he can't get out of the second round. The Knicks just did that with Julius Randle, who traced to the occasion just as much as Joel Embiid does. And one thing that you're going to get from Embiid is nothing but excuses, zero accountability, no leadership. He, he's not a leader. Every time he loses, it's somebody else's fault. When he had a broken face, every time he scored 40 with a broken face, it didn't hurt. But then when he scored, uh, you know, 13 on 10 of 30 shooting, it hurt. Like, I can't take this guy. And the fact that everybody defends him, James Harden has accomplished a million times more things than him in his career than Embiid. Yeah, he gets killed. That team won the one. They would have got swept if it wasn't for James Harden. Like they, he won two games by himself, and B helped them lose the other four. And nobody puts any blame on him. He took slightly more heat than he ever does. But I'm not touching that guy because he's a 30 year old going on 40. He doesn't take care of his body, which is a lack of leadership and professionalism. And the other thing is that he never takes accountability. We got a superstar. My opinion is that Jalen Brunson is a superstar. He takes accountability. Even when he doesn't suck, he says he sucks. That's the leader. He puts it all on him. Patrick Ewing put it all on him. He made it to two NBA finals. Might have won the second one if he actually played. Every game was a nail-biter. Yet we swallowed that guy whole and chewed him up and spit him out. What would we do with a guy like Joel Embiid? who is Julius Randle reincarnated um, to, you know, almost to the same extent. Okay, Julius Randle is slightly not the player he, that, that uh, Embiid is in the regular season, but in the playoffs, they're both the same. They both, uh, Embiid put 40%, he, he lost 40% of his production in the playoffs, and he was healthy. And whenever he's not playing well, he makes up an injury. 
And when he does play well, well, it didn't hurt today. Like, I don't know what else to say other than the fact that I, I don't want to touch Lillard. I don't want to touch Embiid. Lillard is the other guy that I'm tired of hearing of. Thank, I'm, I'm going to finish making my point here. Thanks for listening. So, Lillard has another great team because all you hear is about game time. That PR team, listen, they put out more fake news than any of the news outlets that we speak about. Like, when is game time? In game 20 well, of the regular season? Well, I don't think – Ray, the, the Lillard thing doesn't, and thanks for the call, Ray. The Lillard thing doesn't pertain to the Knicks because we heard Bobby Mark say last hour the Knicks had an opportunity to get in on Lillard and they chose not to. And I think that's a smart move because you have to look at what the Knicks are right now. And they have their best player, the most important player, is a smaller type ball dominant guard. It, as great as Lillard is to add him to Jalen Brunson, who is that backcourt going to guard? A lot of. Look, a lot of what the caller, Ray, said on Embiid is fair. It is. A lot of it is fair. But at the end of the day, you know what else he does? 33 points a game. 33 points a game, 10 rebounds a game. What does he shoot it from the fields last year? This is his numbers last year. 55% from the field. He's not Julius Randle. Um, he's better than Julius Randle. He probably did deserve to be the MVP of the regular season last year. Is he the best player in the world? No. If you're drafting the best players in the world, or I shouldn't even say it like that. If you're drafting to start a team right now, how many guys will get picked ahead of Embiid? He'd be picked in the top 10. He would. He's going to be 30 years old on March 16th. So about a month before the end of the regular season, he will turn 30 years old. And that's important because that's why I say if you're going to have an opportunity to trade for Embiid and cash in as much equity as you need to to obtain him, it's now or never. Now is the time because you wait a little bit longer, his value goes down, and frankly, his usefulness goes down as well. We'll talk about the football scene next on 98.7 ESPN New York.